and Namaste. Um, this is the second talk um, about uh, the origin of the bell, or the second reading, as I, I should say. Um, yes, I shall just get on with it. Uh, this is going to be, I'm going to basically read every single uh, chapter of the origin of the bell um, as each podcast. So some, some will be longer than others and some will be quite short. Um, maybe I'll stick two together, um, we shall see. But um, yes, um, I'll just uh, continue reading. Um, you can obviously download this um, from the Iron Wealth Foundation website and um, from Amazon as well and other places. So this is part two, um, a deep malaise. So I'll just read it out then, uh, here's a start. Um, there was a deep malaise upon the ancient land of the Kalayans, which occupied some parts of the later Pandian dynasty. So if uh, you're a uh, follower of Indian history, you know Pandian dynasty, um, if not just a uh, Google it. Um, students of Dravidian history will recall that the Pandian dynasty began in 600 BC, uh, BCE, before Christ. Um, um, so the events that will be described in the origin of the Vel occurred uh, tens of thousands of years beforehand. So the origin of the Vel, um, in summary of that, happens tens of thousands of years, like 70, 50,000, 70,000 years um, BC. Um, it's a bit strange um, comparing uh, before as a, a biblical term from a Hindu Dravidian Aini term, but um, obviously Ainis have their own calendar, but um, for Western audiences it's good to have that sort of um, relative um, timeline. That makes any sense. So, um, so the Panyan dynasty was 600 BC, and um, the origin of, of the Vel, which I'm going to read now, happened tens of thousands of years um, beforehand. Um, so, I'll continue on reading. Um, the rulers in all the kingdoms that encompassed the land of the Kalayans were, according to most iron scholars, tantrically corrupted and enforced a tight grip on the people through obtrusive rules and strict edicts on everyday human behaviour. So um, this is according to most Ionist scholars, of course. Um, obviously, the Tantric uh, Ionists and their followers have uh, a different uh, term rather than corrupted. Corrupted is an English term. Um, it's, it's like the Ionist term, Dravidian Ioni term, is more spoiled, or but it's, it's a form of corruption, a, t a tantrically corrupt. And negativity um, and via this corruption they also they weren't free thinkers um, they actually had a sort of a double negative in that they enforce a, a tight grip on the people through um, obtrusive rules and strict edicts and um, there was a term for this but I'll read it, read it out in a minute but um, I'll continue on this had the resulting effect of stifling the creativity spirituality spirituality and free will of the populace. So this sort of strict edict and tight grip on humanity, um, stifle creativity, spirituality, and the free will of the populace. And the ancient ironists themselves actually refer to the practice of 
Kuruks Arama. So that's Kuruks Arama. Kuruks Arama. Kuruks Arama, which is a form of negative legality. So that's that term, which um, you, you enforce a tight grip through strict rules and bureaucracy, basically, <laughs> if you could say, say that in this modern era. So Kuruks Arama. Where laws would be selectively enforced on pure spirited, pure spirited individuals to cre to create a state of pure darkness and negativity um, in the souls of the collective spirit. So I'll read that again. Um, so this kuruks are now this uh, negative legality, and this is an important part. The laws would be selectively enforced. So they're not weren't enforced to everyone. If you were obviously friends of the tantric priests at that time, you would obviously be exempt from laws, or they. I guess it's a bit similar to what, what things like are like now. If you're very rich, I guess you there's one law for the rich and one law for the, everyone else. Or if you're part of the government, there's one law for you and your family. And I, should, I shouldn't get to say political, but um, you know you know what I'm saying. So there's these laws would be selectively enforced. This is the, in the ancient times, as the, the ancient ionists, um, scholars, historians, or commentators will comment on this at the time. They would selectively enforce on pure-minded individuals, basically Atmanis. In fact, this um, original novel has a bit of an Atmani tinge to it, so um, always have that in mind when I'm reading it. Um, so this negativity was then amplified into fear in the minds of everyone who was not part of the ruling elite in order for the people to bow down and accept their subjugation. So... Um, that's basically reiterating what I just said before. The negativity was amplified and caused fear into everyone else who wasn't part of the, the elite group of tantric ionists. And so it, it was used in order to, for people to bow down and accept their subjugation. Now, as I said, this is a sort of Admadi tinge to this um, story. So obviously tantric ionists who are listening to this or, or read the, origin, the English version of, of the origin of the Vel may have other ideas about this, um, but um, I'll read it as it is, um, but I'm just saying this bit not to be sectarian to other groups. So, also, there is an Ardra Harita Ionis tinge to this as well, which as you'll find out in the, soon as I, as I read this out. Oh, so, okay, I'll just keep continuing reading to the next paragraph is, at this time, the sworn enemies of the clients were the Ardra Ionist kingdom of Aruvayan. Aruvayan. So that's the very famous Ardra Harita kingdom of the ancient times. So this was a Harita kingdom that treated all as one with nature. So they're basically like ancient ecologists. Or, uh, the, the Harita form of Ionism now is very, how can I put it, green-minded, very ecological or ecologically minded, very one with nature. So that's their form of ionism. So in the, I've spoken to English ionists as well who, who treat animals and and um, who look after trees and plants and that sort of thing. That, that's a form of Harita ionism. There's more in one with nature. So at this ancient time, as I'm reading the origin of the bells 70,000 years ago, or 50,000 years ago, depending on the timeline of... Um, there's a, there's a different timelines depending on your schools of thought, but I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. So at this time, the sworn enemies of the clans were the Ardra Ionis kingdom of 
Eruvayan, so that, that's uh, Eruvayan, Adra, Ionis kingdom. And therefore, Ionism, the Harita form, well, actually, um, as, I, as I'll read this, these, the terms I'm using for modern Ionists, like Harita and um, Tantric and Kalayan, they had ancient terms in the past, but anyway. This their form of Ionism, the Harita form, was diametrically opposed to that of the Kalayans Kuruksaram. The, they were very opposed to their negative legality, they're more free-spirited, basically. So there's one group of people, again, just breaking out for a second, one group of people were Tantric Ionists, who were quite controlling, and the other group were sort of eco-ionists, and they were very free-thinking. Obviously, now um, a lot of tantric ionists are very free-thinking. So it's a uh, so, but in this ancient point, in this point in time, it, it was that was a scenario. But if you talk to most tantric ionists now, they're very free-spirited, very they're, they're against rules and regulations, they're against bureaucracy. So, but at this point in time, in this at this point when Murugan came down. The clients were like that, and that's the that's the basis of this um, this story. This truth, of this mythology, if some people may say say that, or uh, well, people believe the literal interpretation of this, and well, obviously as an ironist I do as well. Um, but uh, some historians, Indian historians, will just read this as a. I don't know, as a, just read like an ancient tale of Ram and Sita and that sort of thing. But, but anyway, there's truth to be gained from really in any way, which way you, you think, as a parable or as a, as a truth or as a tale or something to gain from. Anyway, I'll, I'll just continue on. <laughs> so, um, so, two sides against each other, the Haritas Ionists and the, um, the Kalayans, the Tantric Ionists. Obviously, Harita and Adra are very similar in Ionism. So that's, they're interchangeable, but there are some differences, which I might have mentioned in a previous podcast. So, um, the last paragraph is this. Then. So, it was in this arena of corrupted despair and conflict that Iron, Iron Murugan, was sent down again. So, it wasn't, this wasn't his first incarnation here. In the form of the forest dweller Murugan, so iron came down as Murugan, so therefore he's Murugan iron, or iron Murugan. He was not born and incarnated into this plane of existence, but was projected directly into our realm of being from the local dimension of Natu Vuyan. So let's be clear for a minute. Um, in other ancient incarnations of Murugan, Murugan had parents and and he was he was born and then he died as an incarnation, incarnated form. But in this form, in this particular tale, he was not born or incarnated into this plane of existence, but was projected directly into our realm from the, the local dimension of Natuvuyan. So he was basically, he projected his essence or his, how can I put it, he projected himself into this plane of reality as a being. So this loka of Natuvuyan, so Natuvuyan, is one of pure energy and oneness, and that is close to the to the direct link with Brahman's essence. So that's really important. Yeah, this is um, remember Brahman is reincarnating himself over and over again to become more than himself, 
and the means of becoming Bodhisattva itself is via, via Murugan. So Murugan's essence, the Nativuyan Loka, is very close to Brahman's essence. So, and I'll read this last sentence out. Uh, now, as all Ayanists know, Brahman is in everything and nothing and surrounds us all and is also separate from us. But there is a realm known by Ayanist adepts that is a fragment of space and time that touches upon upon Brahman's direct essence. So I'll read that sentence again, it's very important. So Brahman is in everything and nothing and surrounds us all and is also separate from us. So he's everything and everywhere and nowhere and you know you know what I'm saying. But there is also a realm known by the adepts, the ionists, as a fragment of space. This is from the ancient ionists as well, and not just the modern ones, but it's been this this the, the, this fragment of space and time that touches upon Brahman's direct essence. Okay, and this realm is known by ionists as the Arayan, the chamber, and that's what that's why the ionists have their own chamber called the Arayan, which is basically modelled. On Brahman's essence, it's um, a homage, homage to Brahman's essence in that, in that respect. So, <clears throat> so the fragment of space and time that touches upon Brahman's direct essence, the Arayan, the chamber. This is the central realm of Brahman's essence, which houses the will of Brahman, the will that defines and defies the intellect of all beings. Um, so basically, it's Brahman's will. That's what, that is what this. Loka space, Loka tile space, actually it's a mixture of spaces, holes. So um, it is here, or should I say close to the central realm that Ayn resided in and ultimately projected himself from. So we have Brahman's Arayan chamber and Murugan is very close to that uh, in the Natu Vuyan Loka space. Actually, I, I shouldn't say loka. It's, it's in this text, it says loka, but um, it's actually a, a um, holistic dimension of many forms. So, um, and I obviously resided in, in the net space, and he projected himself directly from there into um, into our realm as Murugan, the forest dweller. So um, that's the end of the the first chapter. The deep malaise. So, um, what can we get gain from this? Uh, not much, really. <laughs> it's just a bit of a background story about what was happening at the time. Two opposing sides um, fighting for control, fighting for not the, uh, fighting for the not the, the path of ionism. Um, so, two opposing mindsets, both. Obviously, all part of Brahman, so they're all coming towards the same conclusion that we're all one, but from different standpoints. Um, but obviously, there was a lot of um, angst, and uh, the text says corruption, but um, there was basically there was, there was opposition from both sides, and in this sort of mixture of um, opposing forces, um, Murugan or Iron. Murugan Iron, or Iron himself, in the Loka space, or the, the space itself, close to Brahman's inner essence, projects himself as in the form of Murugan, the forest dweller. In, in the first chapter, obviously, I, I, I mentioned that Murugan 
iron has many different names in different tales, Scander, for example, God of War. And so um, this is the this is a particular incarnation of Murugan, which I'm I'm reading out in the origin of the Vel. But obviously there are other forms as well, other incarnations. So uh, this doesn't detract from that or add to it. Well, it actually adds to it, but um, doesn't um, surpass anything. Or yes, I'm trying. I'm trying not to be any uh, any sectarian, give any sectarian bent to anything. I just want to present this as as it is. So um, that's the end of the first chapter, um, or second chapter, sorry. And I shall read um, the next chapter. Uh, hopefully in a few days. Um, I'm going to do some other podcasts as well and some other work and some other duties of the Iron Mark Foundation. Um, so hopefully that will happen soon. So I, I shall keep you posted. Okay, um, so speak to you soon and um, I will press the button. Bye. Okay, uh, this is just another, um, well, after the origin of the well reading, I'll um, just talk about uh, other things that are happening. Um, I'm interviewing um, some Irons volunteers, and that's going very well. Um, so hopefully there'll be more people on the Iron World Foundation and Patreon sites, and that'll be all um, increasing in speed of responses and that sort of thing. And and um, what else? Am I, what else is happening? Um, I will be doing some bespoke uh, yantras for people, um, which I'll mention in a previous podcast or future podcast, depending on which order this, this is uploaded in. Um, also, I will be, um, yeah, just um, continuing on with um, Iron World Foundation work. Um, will be, I'll also be liaising meeting with some members of the Iron Group to discuss some of their projects. So hopefully we'll have a podcast that has that soon. Um, what else is going on? Um, and hopefully I'll, I'll also ask people to have maybe talks about ionism and open it up to everyone who uh, listens to this podcast and we can chat online or something or maybe have a Skype call and have another window somewhere in the corner of where my face is and have like a, a live chat about stuff concerning ionism, Hinduism, uh, spirituality and other, other things. Um, yeah, so um, I will be sending emails out or, uh, for the newsletter and also for new. There's lots and lots of new ionists who have suddenly joined, subscribed, or email the Iron Wealth Foundation. So I need to get around and start giving them sort of the, the generic um, welcome email, which has all the links to all the teachings and things, and then maybe links to this podcast and other things as well. And. Um, yeah, so I'll be quite busy this last this next next few weeks. So um, hopefully, I'll try to email everyone, even if it's just one line or something like that. Uh, so uh, be patient. Uh, um, I've only got uh, my little hands to type. <laughs> um, and what else is there? Uh, that's it, really. Um, so um, so keep um, listening to the podcast and you can share it if you want to. It's, it's a bit badly done, actually, but maybe, maybe wait till it's a bit more professionally produced. Um, but um, uh, what else can I say? Yeah, that's it really. Um, so um, I will speak to you all soon again. And uh, we'll, we'll have some other topics as well. So 
I'll get back onto the book of Lokas and Talas and I'll do some more other sort of different types of podcasts and discussions during the next few months. But um, yeah, send me your ideas about what you'd like me to talk about and um, I'll get around to that. So um, I shall sign off and I will press the button again this time, this time for real. So this time I shall see you next time. Bye.